Thanks for having me. So looking at your notes, the first thing that pops out to me is you basically want to buy the dip on all the tech stuff. That's what it sounds like to me. The beaten up type of plays over the last three months or so that have fallen out of favor. Why? Well, I think we at Spouting Rock, we like to be a bit contrarian. And contrarian, us, contrarian means to us, you know, we don't, we don't want to just follow the market. We want to look at risk reward. So no question, many of the technology companies got overbought or alternative energy or some of these very exciting decarbonization plays, but many of them have retrenched by 20, 30% or more. And you've seen many value stocks rip quite uh, uh, board quite a lot. So we look at that and say, hey, you know, value stocks, what are they doing? There's improved sentiment towards global recovery. We agree. There's improved sentiment about vaccinations, but really that has to come at a valuation or a price. And many of these stocks have gone back to their 2019 levels pre-COVID. So we, we want to take a step back and say, what earnings are those implying? And we think that's probably a very attractive opportunity to maybe take some of those gains and put them back into some of those stocks that have suffered a bit in the last quarter. Because no question, we think that earnings can continue to be a bit patchy and troubling. And we want to go with maybe some of these more secular growth companies that don't need as robust and a, a robust recovery that uh, other value stocks may be uh, anticipating. David, when we think about companies that have pulled back as having suffered, I'll nitpick on the wording. I mean, are we kind of changing our baseline in a market that's been trading at all-time high valuations? I mean, I know some of these companies are down 20, 30%, but we got a Russell 3000 that's trading at 37 times trailing, which is way above where it was in dot-com. What's on a discount here? Well, that's, that is the challenge of being a stock picker. But really what we're thinking is quality businesses, those, what we want to do is we want to intersect where we see strong earnings trends and attractive valuations. So no question, we think valuation is important, but we want to do it in the context of where we can find either secular growth or cyclical growth opportunity, not just buying what is cheap, because cheap could be a reflection of a, a broken business model, call that retail. It could be the reflection of technological changes overtaking you, called energy. Or it could be that you're at peak earnings, which could be the autos or housing-related stocks, given the success the Fed has had in stimulating the interest rate sensitive. It seems like right now, within the uh, context of recovery, uh, kind of mixed in with infrastructure and specific sector plays, these secular winners were expecting to land some windfalls from the government and electric vehicles, maybe solar. Uh, from the small and mid-cap perspective, do you find that to be a compelling story? Is that part of the dip buying that you want to be in? That actually fits into, call it the corners of value that we think look attractive. Hmm. Because you, you, know, you mentioned two really big themes in electric vehicles as well as alternative energy decarbonization. In both of those, one of the bottlenecks is along the lines of copper. From the standpoint of copper, is still the best material to transmit electric current. And in the case of alternative energy, it's great if you build a wind farm or a solar project in New, in New Mexico, but you still have to tie that into the grid so the power can actually be utilized and uh, distributed. So copper is an area which we think looks very attractive because there's basically two ways that you can win. One is the recovery in classic production and industry because it goes into everything from housing, automobiles, washing machines. as uh, an emerging markets play on um, urbanization. And at the same time, you have a secular theme right behind that, which is this is the bottleneck for achieving the increased penetration of electric vehicles, 
components as well as in uh, alternative energy. So that's an area we think looks very attractive because we think it's only being looked at for its kind of classic cyclicality as opposed to the opportunity it could offer you to basically be a more of a picks and shovels play at a much more reasonable valuation than the actual producer of wind turbines or uh, the electric vehicle makers. Now, do you like to do this through mining stocks, like a Freeport or uh, lesser known miners? Do you do it through a commodity exposure directly? We, we like to do it through the stocks because what the stocks give you is a chance to find a management that has great assets and most importantly, that can increase production. So you're not just riding the futures curve, you can also make uh, increased earnings and have more leverage because of the production growth that's alongside of that. Here's what I'm trying to figure out right now, David, is when it applies to specifically some of these electric vehicle plays, et cetera, is we've got this big infrastructure package coming down the pike. We know there's gonna be trillions spent. In terms of the expectations versus the reality now that we've got, I mean, the reality looks pretty good to your point here, right? We're getting a lot of money spent. How do we know what has been understood though and what has been priced into this market for some of these companies that are up thousands of percents? I mean, it's not hard to come by. A lot of these companies up 1,200, 2,000% over the past year. We've had a president-elect, a president-candidate in Biden and now the president himself and throughout the entire time, he's talked about this. I mean, how is this not already understood by the market and the expectations and the valuations that have been factored in? Well, I think one of the key points is as time elapses, many of these businesses actually start to be de-risked because they reach milestones of commercializing or getting new contracts. So to the extent that what the stimulus, uh, all the stimulus money does is it basically increases the revenue opportunity. And hopefully what investors can see and look through is the connection of how long it's gonna take to actually flow through while at the same time, the business has been de-risked and as I said, valuation just got a lot better when these stocks have declined 30, 40%. What type of uh, levels do you think one should be comfortable with uh, uh, from an investing standpoint, whether it's price to sales? Uh, right now, a lot of these companies between 50 to 100 price to sales. Because uh, I think the point here that is, is interesting is, well, one, valuations are not typically a great timing tool in short to intermediate term. One might argue long-term, possibly, in terms of expected returns. But look, we've had software companies that pre-COVID just kept getting more and more expensive, and they were leaders in the market. Do we expect a similar type of dynamic where, over the next couple of years, one shouldn't shy away from an electric vehicle or a battery maker or a solar stock that's trading at 30, 40 times sales? I mean, it, will that be sort of like a standard? What do you expect to kind of be an area that we should be able to tolerate as investors? At Spatterock, one thing we look very carefully at is cash flow. So from the standpoint of today's multiple is not problematic. It's only problematic if you can't grow into it. And more importantly, where the CapEx and cash flow needs to go. So in many of these companies, they may not be generating a lot in the way of revenues, but the revenue growth rate could be triple digits. And if they've already funded the CapEx and don't have additional capital needs, as the utilization starts to go up, you will start to see a pretty good kick as that falls through the PL. Mm. So we should be looking for some major revenue growth. The last point, I guess, is how do we test the thesis in a in a year from now? What you know, or maybe just end of year, as some of this starts to work its way through, what kind of top line revenue growth should we be looking for for these companies? Is this uh, doubling revenues from here, tripling? 
many of these companies will be seeing doubling of revenues over the next year or two as they start to ramp and scale. Okay. So the real question is how fast do they get through this initial growth and then what do the, the growth rates settle at? So we think that many of these uh, opportunities you will continue to see uh, very strong top line growth which will be rewarded in the market.